Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is the lamb. Where's the lamb? Offended. Yeah. I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I. I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snapback to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 56. And I once again am joined by a very special guest. Uh, this is another repeat guest. My good friend Kelsey is back. Hello. Hi. It's good Hi. to have you back, Kelsey. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so, Kelsey, you were previously on the Bad Girls Club episode. Yes. But this week we're having you back on because we're talking about catfish. And it's a good one. A very good episode. <laughs> I'm excited for this. So tell me a little bit about just your experience with the show Catfish. Yeah, so I think I've pretty much been watching it since it first came on. Um, I had never seen the documentary until a few nights ago when we watched it together over a Netflix mm-hmm. watch party. Uh, so I was pretty unfamiliar, I think, with the show. Other, I think I just found out about it because I like watched MTV shows at the time, and they were like hyping the shit out of it. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds interesting. Like people meeting people they've met online. Um, and you know, I certainly, I think, like everyone who grew up in the era of social media, but like at the beginning of it, I definitely had online relationships that never progressed further than just online Mm -hmm. like I never like gave my phone number out out to anyone never like actually had any big plans to meet anyone but I could like certainly understand why people would engage in those kind of relationships and you know get sucked into these things where they fall in love with someone they've never met so you know that's why I really liked watching the show and then of course the drama so a while ago you were telling me a story about how you were once a catfish it's true I will say I only catfish for the greater good of womankind, but I did catfish a maybe not notorious internet troll because I, I don't know how actually famous he was, but a guy that went viral for being like the worst. I, I catfished him. So do you want to share your experience with catfishing this man a little bit? Yeah. So I was think this for- post the term catfish being coined? Yes. Okay. Definitely. I, I think so. Because um, when did Catfish come out? Catfish the movie came out in 2010. And I had catfished people, but I was catfishing before the term was coined. And it was just like, there wasn't a term for pretending to be someone else and like faking it. And I had done that a few different times, mostly on like a forum for like nerds who are into like this one book series and where I was like, join the forum and pretend to be someone new and like catfish this other member on the forum like as a prank for like April Fool's or something um and like got pictures from like people that I knew from school and stuff to post but that was like way 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 before like probably like six years before the movie came out right yeah so yeah it was definitely so it was definitely after the movie and the show um I think if I remember correctly uh so at this time, I was working a really boring um, nine to five where I had like a lot of unsupervised time with my computer in my office because mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot to do. 
And so I would like get sucked into all different types of like internet phenomenon and, you know, different websites and different, you know, things to occupy my time. And there was this guy named Romeo Rose who went pretty viral. Um, mainly, I think, I think I found out about it because he, it happened in Austin, Texas, which is where I'm originally from. And so I have a lot of friends that live in the area that were posting about it. Um, but he was this like terrible human being. His real name is Laramie Busby. It is not Romeo Rose. Which is like just as good of a name, if not better. Right? Like that's a name. It's a solid, aggressive, you know, like um, Laramie. Like, you know, (laughs) people remember you, but um, he... I think either legally changed his name or just claimed he illegally changed his name to Romeo Rose. And he posted this like online ad. I think it was like the website was sleeplessinaustin.com. And he started promoting it like I think on Craigslist and different ways to like get the word out about his online website that was basically him trying to find a woman to be with. And, you know, I mean, like, hey, I applaud the effort, like, if you're trying to find someone, but then you got into, like, the nitty-gritty of who he didn't want to be with, and I should have looked it up before we talked, but, like, I think the general gist of it was, like, racist, you know, didn't want no fatties, didn't want anyone that had, you know, sex with other people, um, didn't want to be with a woman, like, definitely didn't want to be with a black woman, but, like, certainly didn't want to be with a white woman who had been with black men, because, you know, their vaginas were magically transformed, um, you know, just all of this, like, really wild, crazy, obviously racist, sexist, all of the above mm-hmm. criteria, and I mean, of course he did it to be a troll, like, I can't imagine anyone would think creating a list like that and sharing it would have a good social response, especially in a liberal city like Austin, yeah. Texas. Um, but he like doubled down, he became a media sensation, he got lots of um, interviews, and I was real interested in, in reading up about him, because he turned out to be this character who had been trolling people online for, you know, decades, like he had been on the internet as long as there had been an internet to be (laughs) on, Um, and he was, the funniest thing about him was he was like a, a musician, I say with air quotes, he loved playing guitar, but was like mediocre at best. And he really had this personality that was like a manufactured, I'm so great, I'm amazing, even though I know I'm not. Joe Exotic. He's Joe Exotic. Oh, for he was a total Joe mm-hmm. Exotic. So um, Romeo Rose had this hideous hand-carved guitar that he named Juliet because, you know, of course. (laughs) And he claimed it was like made by some famous guitar maker and like it was worth like, you know, $2,000. It was terrible. It was, it it was awful. Um, I encourage people to Google Romeo Rose Guitar Juliet and there's pictures all over the internet of this thing. Do that right now while you keep talking. Yes. So he um, was really well known for trolling like guitar forums and like professional musician forums. There was a lot of him claiming that he was like related to like Guns N' Roses performer or just like really good friends with the people in Guns N' Roses, which obviously wasn't true. Um, He would make wild and grandiose statements, but he also had this wild relationship with this much older woman that he called Silly Girl. I think when they first got together, he was like 21 or 22 and she was like 40. 
Um, he like lost his virginity to her. And when you read through his requirements of who he wanted to be with, he was basically looking for an age appropriate silly girl at this point. Like he wanted a woman with red hair who was like about five foot four, weighed no more than like 115 pounds, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, and so it was just all these like wild, wild details about this man's life. And, um, you just started to really hate him when you learned about like how things ended with him and silly girl, yes, like, naturally. Like, like really abusive. And Oof. you know, there was a story about him kicking a dog or something. Um, and all of this research and internet um, interest led me to a forum that was like basically a, a forum for a snark website that like snarked about different like viral internet phenomenon. And so there was the blog and then they had their own forum and like all the people on the forum were like regulars who were all friends with like the blog creator. That was a whole other mess of. Yes. Thing. So that is, that was get off my internets, right? Yes. Get okay. Off which is a whole other thing, which is, I am like tangentially not involved with right now, but there's this whole thing happening on Reddit with the Caroline Calloway snark subreddit and this person who's trolling who is apparently trolling blog snark a few years ago which is like the people who mod migrated from get off my internet so it's like a whole thing that I right now I'm also feeling kind of invested in so it's especially interesting that you um were were involved in that world because that's like so beyond me I kind of can't deal with those individual forum websites anymore yeah they're just so overwhelming they feel like a relic of the past and they're, and they're so incredibly clicky. And realistically, I wanted like, I didn't want access because I wanted to be friends with these people because they seemed to just in general, like have their, like they were way, like I was into researching and talking about Romeo Rose, but they were like next level. Like they were creating <laughs> blogs that were like official watchdog websites for Romeo Rose to like warn the women in the community. And I'm like, honestly, Romeo Rose is his own warning. Like we do not need to worry about warning women in the community about this man because he's truly disgusting and like no one's going to want to be with him. Like, And if they do, then like what else can you do for them? Right. Like there, there's someone for everyone, you know? <laughs> so I was just really into like kind of watching them and snarking about them in my head and also like trying to gain access to their community a little bit and be like one of the people that was like trusted and cool. And so then the idea came up in this forum about uh, catfishing Romeo Rose and seeing like what you can get him to do or say, especially because he was getting a lot of media attention and play. So I was bored. I had nothing but to do but to kill time. And I had a really hot friend that I knew would let me use her pictures for a catfish mm -hmm. profile um, and would like maybe even like, you know, send me pictures to help prove who I was if he started like questioning things. Um, First, I'll say I think Romeo Rose kind of knew the entire time because, like, why would this gorgeous woman who legit has done modeling work be interested in him? <laughs> um, but I made the profile look as realistic as possible. I did, like, describe details about her life just because it made it easier to, like, have this persona because I knew her really well, so I could just kind of pretend to be her. Mm -hmm. So um, I created a Facebook profile. I found him on Facebook. I started messaging him and... I basically opened it with like, hey, you know, I'm a conservative woman. I'm really, you know, 
bummed to see all the backlash against you. Like, you know, while I don't 100% agree with everything you said, like, I do, like, respect your right to speak your mind as an American and, you know, all the stupid bullshit that I thought, like, some dumbass woman that would message Romeo Rose would say. <laughs> um, and it worked. Like, he messaged back right away and was like, how do I know you're real? And so I sent him a bunch of other pictures that were just like casual, like sitting in my apartment, selfie pictures that she already had. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I guess that convinces me. Somehow um, that's proof. <laughs> right. And so we just started talking and I don't remember a lot of the details of what we discussed. Like I certainly never wanted it to get super deep. Um, I just kind of wanted to see if I could get him to talk about me during a media appearance that he mentioned he would be doing in a few days. And so I just like kept it going long enough and um talked about it with him you know i was like hey let's meet up after i get back from mexico i'm in mexico right now doing um relief work there's you know a, com- a community that's been affected by influenza so i'm here like providing like you know hospital aid because i always said i was a nurse and ooh, influenza yeah you know i was like making Finally. myself I know, right? Um, <laughs> and I was like a hero. And I was also like, had a legitimate reason why I couldn't like FaceTime with him or, or not FaceTime, but like video chat with him um, yeah. or uh, meet up. And so I made plans with him. I was like, if I make plans to meet up after the video appearance, we'll probably talk about her. And so I made a date like two weeks after the video appearance. And he went on like the local Fox affiliate and like had his little stupid like pink button down shirt and his like goofy face and sat there on the couch and talked about how he'd met this girl online and she was a serious prospect and her name was, I forget the name I used. I, I know the clip still exists on the internet. I, I need to find it and share it with you. Um, and he was real excited to meet her and she was a nurse and she was currently doing relief work in like South America and you know, she would be back soon and they would be, you know, start dating um, and so then I posted all of the screenshots and the link to the media interview and in get off my internet <laughs> to get everyone's approval. And of course, everybody was like, you know, oh my God, we heard he was like dating someone. We couldn't believe it was real. And turns out it wasn't. And of course he was on that forum mm-hmm. as well. And I knew that. I knew he wasn't like posting, but I knew he was lurking. And so like, you know, as soon as I posted that literally five minutes later, I like checked my Facebook and there were like hundreds of messages from him, you know, like you bitch and how dare you and you know. <laughs> classic. <laughs> yeah. And I just like, you know, deleted the profile and like, that was the end of it. There you so go. That That's was so exciting. Catfishing. Yeah. So did you use your, um, your fame? Were you able to like break into the inner, like the upper echelon, the inner circle of the GoMe blog? A little bit. I certainly like I was a little bit of a hero for a little bit, but then they like all got so uh obsessed with like talking about him and follow I was like, uh-huh. I, I just like did the dip and like stopped posting and mm-hmm. stopped interacting and never really looked back. But I do continue to check in on my buddy Romeo to this day. And um last I saw he is so first that one of the things about Romeo Rose I didn't mention is the pictures he associated with his original Sleepless in Austin website were like t- professional pictures he had taken um, in the, with the Austin skyline in the background. And he had these teeth and like they were so clearly not his real teeth and like no shame to folks that have like bad dental health. Like it sucks and sometimes it's genetic. Sometimes it's just how you were raised. Sometimes you like, you know, take a medication mm-hmm. or get involved with a substance that fucks up your dental health. So no shame, but 
if you're gonna get like really giant fake teeth like don't be mad when people are like bruh like what's going on there like that's a, that's a big fucking smile and so he claimed for the longest time that these were his natural teeth and then like pictures started to circulate of his actual natural teeth and what was discovered was basically like he had these like it was like a snap-on that went over his natural mm. teeth okay. and so that's why it looks so unnatural so giant right it was like the cheapest way to remedy like a bad teeth situation and so like you know that was pretty sad but last i had seen he like had no teeth and didn't have dentures or anything and he was like you know homeless living i think in either like las vegas or chicago and like uploading videos still faking his own death and you know so it probably wasn't very fair or nice of me to catfish this man because he's like clearly like got like some you know mental health issues like he's not doing well he's not stable he doesn't know how to support himself but also like fuck him he was racist <laughs> and awful yeah. and you know I'm a fat chick and I catfished him, so I'm proud of myself. You go, girl. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the show. <laughs> it's just your catfishing story. Um. So yeah, I had catfished a little bit, and then as far as me watching the show, I remember it. Came, I think it started coming like it started airing on MTV when I was a sophomore in college, and I think that's when I had first started watching it people were talking about it and people were talking about how there was a movie associated with it. So I do remember watching the documentary back in the day and then watching mostly season one, maybe like a little bit of season two, probably when it was airing, but I was never like a big number one fan of Catfish. However, I do remember thinking like, oh, it's good they have a term for this now. Like, it's so nice to just have one word that you can say to like talk about pretending like to be someone else on the internet. That's a really good point. So let's go into the background of the show itself a little bit, and then let's talk about, well, actually, let's talk about the documentary before we go into the background of the show, because the documentary came first. So we watched the documentary a few days ago. Um, that was your first time ever watching it, Kelsey. So what did you think? Yeah, it was a really crazy story. Like, I, I didn't know a lot of the details behind him and Angela's relationship. So let's... Let's recap just basically the documentary for anyone who hasn't yeah. seen it. It's on Netflix right now, so now it's like a great time to watch it. Um, but basically, we were introduced to this young man, a young photographer based out of New York City named Neve, or his full name is Yaniv, which this one bothered me. His name is spelled Y-A-N-I-V, and he goes by Neve. That's fine, yeah. but it's spelled N-E-V. He changes the vowel for some reason. That makes no sense. Um, but basically he receives this gift in the mail one day. It's a painting of a photograph that he had like taken and it was published on like, I don't know, a newspaper or magazine or something. And in the mail, along with the painting is a letter that says the, uh, painting was painted by a young painter. Her name is Abby and she was eight years old. And so he like started reaching out to her and they struck up this kind of like friendship where he would like send photos to her and she would send paintings back. And then he started to get more involved with her family in general. So he added them on Facebook. There was the mom, Angela, the dad, Vince. And then there was Abby's older half-sister, Megan, who was a young woman. I think she's supposed to be like 19 or 20. And he was around the same age at the time. And they started kind of pursuing this online relationship where I don't think it was ever explicitly like we're dating, we're boyfriend and girlfriend, but it was very much this ongoing flirtation that they had. 
was sort of like, you know, developing feelings underneath. And so eventually he starts to realize that things are not always what they seem. And it's, it's not even very clear how he starts to sort of like get the idea to check things out. But um, Megan and Angela are supposedly sending him clips of songs that they're singing. He is able to trace them back to all of these various like indie performances on YouTube. And then from there he realizes something isn't right. Um, and so that's when he decides to just go there and show up at her house one day and meets Angela and realizes that she doesn't look like the woman in the pictures, uh, that Abby, her daughter, is actually not a painter. She's the one who's been doing all of the paintings that she's been sending him. And then eventually that Megan doesn't even exist. Like, it's kind of unclear. Um, because at first she says Megan does exist, but she's actually in rehab and she's been in rehab for like four months. And then at the end of the movie, they say that, like, there is no Megan in rehab, but Abby at one point does talk about, she's, like, has an older sister that she doesn't see. Because yeah. we've asked her about the older sister, and she's like, oh, I don't see her. But I, I don't know if maybe she's like, I, I don't have an older sister, I don't know what you're talking about, like, I don't see her. I kind of understood it as maybe, like, Megan isn't in rehab, but, like, she's not around, too. Like, the relationship mm -hmm. between her and her mom is so strained that, she's, like, she's, like, fucking gone. Like, Which, not, yeah, like, kind of seeing, seeing Angela's life and seeing, like, who she is. Because she also, the other thing, too, that we didn't mention is that she does have a husband named Vince. He does not look like the person in the photos, but he also has two, like, profoundly disabled, like, developmentally disabled young twin boys. Well, they're not that young, actually. I don't know how old they are. Probably in their, like, teens, I'd say. It, it tweens to teens, I think. Yeah. Um, one's, like, maybe, like, 12, and one's, like, maybe, like, 15. No, they were twins. They were twins. Oh, yeah. okay. <clears throat> well, so, yeah, they're, they're some, somewhere between 12 and 15, I could see. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he has these two boys that require round-the-clock care, basically, and that's Angela's entire life now is just caring for her stepsons and she talks about like all of the stuff that she's had to kind of give up in her life her passion for dancing and artwork and kind of this friendship with Neve was sort of the only thing that she kind of had going for her so it's like really it's a it's an intense documentary it's very sad but it's also like very I thought that it was really good and I feel like watching the documentary outside of any context of the MTV show like, it's so much better, and, like, the MTV show kind of cheapens it, almost. Yeah, I think you're right, because it's, like, really explore. because also, like, it's wild that, like, A, that they just, like, showed up at her house. Like, that, that whole process just blew my mind, like, they're just poking around at a stranger's house, being like, hey, we're here, like, you know, that, that took bravery, and I know it was probably just because they were doing this documentary, and that's probably the easiest way to do this documentary and ensure that they would like get footage of these people because mm -hmm. um, they knew she was lying um, but also like just really exploring deeper why someone would do this and how catfishing for a lot of people isn't like a malicious act it's like just an act of escapism and like you know it's just someone who hasn't really thought through like there's someone on the other side of that and like that can be really like unethical and wrong to like involve someone else's feelings like yeah. you know I, people like that's just human nature I think humans really think about themselves first than thinking about other people and mm -hmm. 
yeah, so I think I agree. I think it does really kind of just like cheapen the show is just, you know, about the drama and the chaos that sometimes happens and, you know. Yeah, because the show definitely has similar moments. Like there were a couple of episodes in season one where we were kind of like deciding which one we wanted to talk about. And there was one where the catfish turns out to be this young gay guy who catfishes these straight guys as like straight hot girls because he wants to feel desired by these men and it like ended up like affecting him so much that he like had catfished the person who ended up being his RA at school and that ended with him being kicked out of college and so they just barely touch on that um and it could go so much deeper and I think it kind of does take like a full hour and a half documentary to kind of really delve on all of those issues and even so I feel like the catfish the movie could have been longer like yeah. when it was over I was like wow that was actually a lot shorter than I realized because so much of the beginning is just them kind of finding out what happened at first and even then I was like oh that happened a lot quicker than I felt like it did the first time I saw it yeah yeah I agree but yeah, there are definitely a lot of um, moments on the TV show where this is actually a thing where it was kind of accused of being manufactured or there was like a moment where like this specifically trying to go viral. Like there was one time when Neve like threw the catfisher's phone into a lake or something because he got upset or some shit like that. Yeah. Every uh, time I've, because um, I've, I've been rewatching Catfish recently through like, I think I'm like through season, season five or six. And that's one thing I've really noticed is sometimes it does seem like Neve and Max are like getting really mad for, I'm like, this doesn't really involve you. And like, why are you so emotionally involved in this? You've met this person two days ago. Like I can get being mad when someone's fucking someone else over, but like literally they're like so angry and storming off and getting in their car and huffing off. And then like in the next scene, they're like meeting up with the person a bit again and being like, well, tell us more about your feelings. And I'm like, so you like you do care like just stop just stop with the drama so so that's interesting too because I had watched a few episodes from season one and that's what I was saying was like I'd I'd mostly seen episodes like when it was first started airing and then over the years I've seen a little bit of like more recent episodes of Catfish and that was the thing that I was telling you was that let's do something from season one one because it's like closer to the time range of when I try to talk about shows but two Neve is a lot less annoying in the first season <laughs> That's true. like he That's genuinely true. does seem like okay I do want to help I'm kind of like optimistic about this and it was like I guess before they just got into the the mindset of like let's make these big viral moments and let's get these good ratings for the show or whatever else right but yeah it does seem like he got and Max, too, got, like, more obnoxious over time. Yeah, well, it, it seemed less, more organic in the first season, too, like, their relationship. Like, it seemed like buddies, even though, again, who the fuck is Max and where did Max come from? <laughs> but, like, they did seem, like, that was what I always assumed, is that they were buddies, and that's where Max came from, is that, like, Max is a filmmaker buddy. It makes more sense than finding out, because I didn't know that Neve was, like, a photographer and a creative that like worked with dance troops apparently because that seemed to be a lot of what they were doing was mm -hmm. like he was going to photograph dancers um and that's you know I didn't know that about him that's really interesting too so it would make sense that you know someone who is a photographer like that would mix in a crowd with a videographer too because I'm sure there's a lot of work for videographers um mm -hmm. in the same arena um yeah mm -hmm. And that was um, one thing, too, that I did want to touch on. For both the show and the movie, there have been, like, controversies and accusations that it has been 
more staged than, um, or not quite as authentic as it's presented itself as being. And like one of the things that they said was like, well, why were, why was Neve's brother and like his brother's filmmaking partner even like so involved at this point so early on in his relationship with the family? Or like, why did they continue to like press on with these things when like they didn't want to or did like Neve didn't like indicate that he didn't want to or they didn't need to. And it was kind of just like, how real is this really? And that's sort of a thing too that came up for some of the episodes of Catfish was some people who had previously been on the show came out later saying like, it's fake. We faked it and like the entire show is fake. I don't know how true that is, but. I know that they, and I wonder if they just did this in response to the fact that there's that criticism, but I know there's been episodes where like they figure out that people are, are like just fucking around with them to be on TV. Like, I think there was maybe not a bunch of episodes, but there was one episode in particular that, like, it's like, again, one of those ones where Neve and Max get so upset and they're like so personally offended. And I'm like, y'all got paid and got a free trip to whatever shithole city you got sent to. Like, be thankful. It's fine. Like, it's fine. You're fine. Um, but yeah, they, uh, I remember it was like they basically figured out on their own that like all of these girls actually knew each other and they like had planned this whole thing out and fabricated all the text message history and all of that and it was like all just to be on tv and like mm -hmm. that was the episode so I bet they just fo filmed that to be like see even we sometimes don't know it's fake like <laughs> get away with it yeah so let's go into the background of the show itself a little bit um and then we'll go into our recap but it started airing on MTV in November 2012. It's still currently airing. The most recent season was season eight, which pre premiered in January of this year, 2020. Um, so obviously it's based on the documentary, uh, Catfish the Movie, as they call it, and then Catfish the TV Show, as this is called, um, hosted by Neve Shulman. And then <laughs> Max Joseph is a host, but also a useless, useless videographer because he carries around his little handheld camera and he's being filmed by the professional MTV cameras the entire time. That's always what kills me is they'll show Max like going off to the side to get some angle that they'll never use. <laughs> it's so <laughs> confusing. Um, so Max was actually absent for several episodes in season four because he was making his own like film directorial debut. It's a movie called We Are Your Friends. Apparently Zac Efron was in it. I've never seen it, but like good for him. And then he left the show after season seven and they had like a few different guest hosts that came in and eventually he was replaced full time by Cammie Crawford which I have not seen any of these. I think I saw a few with the guest host, maybe from season four though. I don't think I've seen any of these recent like non-Max episodes. Interesting, I didn't know that. And mm -hmm. how sad. I don't know what he's up to. He's making apparently, I guess, a few movies, but. No, um, and then we had a little uh, Me Too mo moment here. In May 2018, the filming of season seven was suspended due to sexual misconduct allegations against Neve. However, the suspension was lifted after the report of sexual misconduct was found to be, quote, not credible. I remember watching some YouTube thing about this, and I was very curious about it, because the YouTuber, she was, like, not trusting the allegations. Like, basically, she was, I think, trying to expose that the allegations were bullshit, and that always, like, like raises my hackles. And this particular YouTuber has been, like, kind of dismissive of, like, women's issues and feminist issues in the past so I was a little bit like I want to look into this on my own mm -hmm. um, but it was an interesting 
um, little breakdown of like what had happened. So I am curious about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was apparently deemed not credible. So it's, they resumed filming and moving forward with everything. Um, so this is what I thought was interesting. And this is kind of touching, circling back to what you were saying earlier. So the show is presented as if Neve and Max get these emails from these hopefuls, basically, who are like, hey, I've been in a relationship with this person for several months or several years online. We've never met, but usually it's like a person, like a romantic relationship. Very occasionally it's like, you know, other sorts of weird relationships, like that one person who was being catfished by like a medium who said that she was like channeling her father's dead spirit or whatever. Right. Um, but then they're saying like usually that they want to help they want help meeting the person they want help like confirmation that the person they've been talking to is who they think they are and they want to meet them so that they continue their relationship that's yeah. how it's presented however in 2013 hollywood.com reported that basically the show is usually structured by the catfish actually reaches out to mtv and like feels guilty about lying oh interesting and so mtv then sets it up so that neve and max don't know the truth about the catfish and they will like interact with like the hopeful and everyone has already pre-agreed to be on tv including the catfish so that's why like when they get contacted by neve they're not like who the fuck are you and like hanging up you know <laughs> right i've always wondered that that's a good I'm, I'm that's interesting yeah so yeah for like all legal reasons everyone has to like sign contracts agreeing to appear on camera prior to like even entering production and so then neve and max have to figure out the truth like they have to actually figure out the identity of the catfish so there have been times that they've been like doing their like little research for days and days and the production team can't let them know, like, hey, it's actually, like, the person's real name is this, that, or the other. Oh, and they said, funny. like, over time, they got better at figuring it out. But, like, at the beginning, it was harder for them to actually do the research. That's kind of interesting. Um, but I feel like that's, that's makes sense. Like, that's fine to me. Because, like, of course, yeah, like, you have to get the okay that everyone's going to, like, want to, like, agree to be on camera. Right. No, that, that does make sense. Um, so another thing that I thought was interesting that I didn't realize is there are actually two spinoffs from this show. Oh, really? So the first one was called Catfish Trolls, and it was hosted by Charlemagne the God. It only aired, it was like three episodes that aired in 2018, and it featured online personalities confronting trolls who had been like harassing them. Oh, wow. Um, and then the other one, which aired in 2019, one season, so it might come back, I don't know, it like aired in like from like September to October or November of 2019. It's called Ghosted Love Gone Missing, and it's hosted by Rachel Lindsay from The Bachelorette and rapper Travis Mills, and it features oh, people yeah. trying to find former friends or romantic partners after having been ghosted. I, I heard, I've heard about that one. I was a little intrigued by that. So yeah, apparently it's like a catfish sort of spinoff or in the same family of catfish TV shows. Um, and there have been a few international versions as well. There's been Catfish Colombia, Catfish Brazil, Catfish Mexico, and then it's called Espias del Amor in Chile, which I don't know Spanish, but I'm thinking that translates to Spies of Love. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, and then also there was a proposed UK version that started running online casting ads in 2016, but the project was eventually canceled. However, Neva said that he want, he would like to do like a big, just like a pan European version of Catfish. So I feel like that would be kind of cool if you're like, you're a person in like 
the UK being like, hey, I've been talking to this guy in Spain for like the last two years, but it actually like turns out to be some guy in like Belgium or something. Right. Just like one big European Union version. Although if it's, if it's an EU version, I guess we won't have Brexit or like we won't have British people. <laughs> Dear <Yes>. God. <laughs> All right. So that is the end of the background. So we can finally get into our episode recap. Um, and then we chose this episode, we chose it from season one because we wanted to do something early like that. And then we kind of had to decide if we wanted to do one of the more dramatic reveals where like the people get really mad or it's just like very different, like the person is very much not who they say they are, or if we wanted to do like something more wholesome. And we went the wholesome route this time around, which I think is good. I think we all need a little bit more just like wholesomeness in our lives right now. Agree. So this one is season one, episode six. It's Kaya and Alex. So <clears throat> we start out in Atlanta, Georgia, because they're always like randomly in just like, I guess, whatever city that they had just been in from last time, since they just travel around to wherever. Um, and, and so Neve and Max are hanging out in their hotel room. Neve gets an email. <laughs> Like, I love what you said when we were watching uh, the movie together. You're just like, Neve stays reading emails on screen. <laughs> that, I love yeah. it. So he reads the email. It's from Kaya. Uh, so she it says, so this one's kind of interesting because she's the one who opens with, she was a catfish. Um, so she had been catfishing this guy named Alex who said, he said that he lived in Switzerland for the past eight months. They met on vampirefreaks.com. Love, I love that. that. <laughs> I, I've never been on Vampire Freaks, but I know of it. And I, I yeah, I am familiar. I never went on it, but I, I remember when I was in middle school and I was really into live journal, there was a certain sect of people who were really into dead journal or Vampire Freaks. So that was good. The um, whole, whole culture. So basically she had originally been catfishing him using pictures of this different girl and she was calling herself Ellie but then they got to talking, they fell in love, um, and eventually he moved from Switzerland to California, and she decided that now is the time to come clean. He immediately accepted her. He says that he still loves her, but they still haven't met in person. So Neve and Max Skype Kaya, because that's always the next step is Skyping the person, kind of figuring out a little bit more about them and their situation. Um, so she tells them a little bit more about Alex, just that they have the same taste in music. They talk on the phone every day until they fall asleep. They're always telling each other, I love you like 50 times a day. So they have a really good relationship right now, um, but they've never video chatted because apparently Alex doesn't have his own computer. So that's no big deal, but like that's, that's the reason they haven't video chatted. And it's I always when I'm watching old episodes, I have to remember, okay, this is, you know, from like eight to 10 years ago, or, you know, maybe a little bit sooner than that. But I guess video chat wasn't as readily available as it is now. It and, wasn't as, but it was still very much a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, I haven't seen any of the recent episodes of Catfish, but I don't see how in like 2019 or 2020, you would have an episode where it's like, yeah, we, he doesn't, he can't video chat me because his webcam is broken. It's like, okay, what about FaceTime? Okay, he has an yeah. Android. Okay, what about Google Hangouts? Like, there's always something. Yeah, you always have an option. Mm -hmm. um, so then she goes on to talk about how when she came clean about catfishing him, she sent her pictures of what, she sent him pictures of what she actually looks like, which is very different than the photos that she had been catfishing with. 
Yeah. It's a mark. She, yes, is definitely um, different, but he immediately was like, that's fine. No big deal. Love you. Like, and so Max and Neve at that are kind of like, hmm, this is suspicious with how quickly he accepted this. Like, there's got to be something else going on here. But she says, you know, this is the first time I've ever felt like something like this about someone, and I could really see myself marrying him. And, you know, I, I think they're right. It's very suspicious. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I'm a little frustrated with, you know, the way things played out, you know, in general. But still, I think it's wholesome. Yes. Uh, so Max, or, yeah, Neve is really excited for this one. He says that he is very optimistic and he's rooting for wedding bells. And Max is just like, I don't see how you are so gullible. I appreciate the spirit of love that pervades. Like, they're always wanting it to have a good ending, mm-hmm. I feel. And I do appreciate that, that they're not just here to watch people, you know. Crash and burn. Crash and burn, yeah. They want a happy ending. So we have a little montage of them traveling to Mexico, Missouri. I, lo- I did not know that existed. <laughs> and they go to Kaya's house, which is like this cute little cabin-style looking thing. It's so adorable. I didn't know they had cute houses like that in Missouri. Yeah, me either. I really want to live in it. I know. And her house, like, her, her town was very cute, too. It had, like, a little, like, main street area that they drove through. It was a good advertisement for going to Mexico, Missouri. <laughs> going to Mexico, yeah. Uh, so Kaya greets them at the door. And then my favorite part here is, you know, of course, Neve and Max introduce themselves. But then Neve turns to the guys, a.k.a. the real camera crew. And he's like, oh, yeah, these are the guys. <laughs> and then you see, like, you see the perspective, like, them at the door, you see Neve and Max, you see the guys. So there's another camera guy behind all of that who's filming this whole scene who's not even introduced also. Right. It's just like, how how deep does this go? How many camera crews are actually out here right now? It's it's like a crew of like 50 people. (laughs) It's camera crews all the way down. Um, So they meet Kaya's mom, Lisa, as well. They kind of ask her what she thinks about the situation. She just says it's different, but, you know, as long as Alex treats her with dignity and respect, that's all she cares about, which I love Lisa. Lisa stays a great mom this entire episode. That's one of my favorite parts. And, you know, there's a lot of episodes where you don't see the parent. And Mm -hmm. so I wonder if that's either a testament to how super supportive she is, because a lot of parents just, like, don't want to be on TV or if it's just like a lot of people don't want to involve their parents and like the truths about their wild, sorted online relationship with someone that they don't even know who's probably fake. Because <laughs> um, I can understand people not being super honest with their mom and dad about what they got going on. Well, she says something later where she's basically like, yeah, so I didn't tell you the whole truth. Like we hadn't actually Skyped before I came out here. So yeah. So they go out back to this little like gazebo area in her backyard to talk a little bit more. And Kaya kind of talks about her background on the internet. So she'd been on Vampire Freaks since she was about 14. And originally her profile was herself, but she started to get really insecure about the way that she looked and what people would think about her. So she started to make a bunch of different fake profiles that had other people's pictures. So then she found Alex's profile and she messaged him as this girl, Ellie, who is like this thin blonde white woman, um, very alternative looking, like eyebrow piercing, streaks in her hair, thick black eyeliner. Um, and Alex looks like this skinny, <laughs> like kind of tweaky looking white guy too. Right. 
Yeah, no one was using pictures that even remotely looked like them, which, you know, I think is like a big part of the whole thing with catfishing. Like, Mm -hmm. really are trying to lead like a radically different life. Yeah. Um, So they started talking, it got serious. And then she says that, you know, she like just really loves him. And she starts to get choked up about like how much she's like, I know, it's like very sweet. So she was feeling guilty about lying after he moved to the United, he quote unquote moved to the United States. Um, so she decided that it was time to tell the truth. And so this is where she actually shows them the text where she came clean. And you can see like the picture that she sent up herself, like the mirror selfie. And she very much does not look like the woman, but like, he's like, yep, that's fine. I love you. You're beautiful. Talk to you soon. No big deal. And, and so, oh, go ahead. One of the reasons that he got, like, you know, and even Max were critical of how quickly he got over it, but also, like, I think there was just that understanding, and that's why it was, you know, what we'll talk about soon happened, but I think, like, when you're both so quite obviously using fake pictures, like, you both come to an understanding that you are falling for the person that is behind the pictures, and you really do not care about Mm -hmm. the visual of the pictures, um and that's why I'm so shocked I think a lot of people are just on the show are just kind of like dumb and like are like oh of course this like obviously like traditionally beautiful person that has like really well taken photographs is like super interested in me and I shouldn't look into it any further and they're so like devastated and crestfallen as like they kid themselves instead of just approaching it with the you know spirit of like yeah we're catfishing each other it's fine like you know we're just, <laughs> we're, it's it's a blind love experiment Wow. Oh, wow. They were really ahead of the times with Love is Blind. That, that was my criticism about Love is Blind is that they were all hot. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how blind love is if you got some, you know, some uggos, some uggos in there. <laughs> and even then, like, I know this is now Love is Blind podcast, but like, uh, what's your face? Diamond. That was the one who broke up with Carlton, right? It was Diamond and Carlton where she was like, he's not my type, but I'm like, but he's still attractive. Like he's still like conventionally attractive. Right. Yeah, what is your type? Yeah, right. Um, so anyway, they are looking at uh, Alex's profile, I guess is like vampirefreaks.com profile. Um, they see that his username is Burning Skylines. It says that he is 21. He lives in Geneva, Switzerland. Uh, of course, he's just moved from there, according to Kaya. His sexual orientation is listed as pansexual. It also says that he is engaged. And so Kaya here has to give them some information on what pansexual means. Like, this is very much a, this episode is a hardcore schooling on LGBTQ terms for Neve and Max. They learned a lot. Yeah. Um, So basically she explains that, you know, pansexual means that it doesn't matter what someone's gender is, that doesn't affect your ability to be attracted to a person. She also is kind of comes out as pan as well, says that she's had relationships with girls in the past. Um, so she's obviously she has no problem with his sexuality and then they also are kind of like and he's engaged oh what's going on there and she kind of just brushes it off it's like well it was kind of just a joke like we were like talking about it and he like said his status is engaged but like she kind of it kind of seems like in her heart she's like that that means a lot to her too yeah even though she's trying to like brush it off and plus I think it was you know I remember not so much anymore. I think just because I'm like an adult who's actually married. And so, you know, you know, mess around with those settings. But I do remember like back in the day on like Facebook, you would like get engaged to your best friend or, mm-hmm. you know, whoever you were like, you know, having a close relationship, not like romantic wise, but you know, just somebody in your life you're really close with at the moment or, 
you know, you'd set your status to it's complicated, just like screw with people. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so then he, Neve asked her if this is the happiest that she's ever been. She says it's the happiest she's been in a long time. She calls it an unconditional love. Um, and then she says that Alex has told her that he wants to meet her, but it's just money and school holding him back. And those are the only things um, so that she says that there's, oh, the big thing is that she has already asked him, is there anything that you're hiding from me? And he has said no. Yeah, and that's why I'm very frustrated with it. But also, like, I understand mm -hmm. because I I get, yeah, so. Yeah, we'll get there. But he said, no, I'm not hiding anything from you. So Neve and Max say they're going to look into it and see what they can find. But Kaya says, but no matter what, I still want to meet him. So they drive off. And this is kind of where they talk more about how this is definitely, like, he definitely has something that he's hiding because he accepted so easily, like, when Kaya came clean. So they head to a cafe. They do some research. We don't know how long it actually takes. It could have taken them 12 hours in that cafe looking That's up true. things. Um, so the first thing that they noticed was, is this is basic stuff. This is like nowadays you can't, if you don't do this shit, then you're not even catfishing. If your profile has 10 friends, you are a catfish. Yeah, right. So yeah, they have, he only has 10 friends on his profile. So that's suspicious. And then it says that he has an internship at Century Media Records. So this is the first thing they just call up and they ask. They say that they are trying to look for a reference. They ask about some person named Alex. Uh, the person on the other end of the line says that they don't have anyone named Alex working there. And they're like, oh, really? He just moved from Switzerland kind of recently. He's like, oh, no, definitely not. We, have, we had Alex's that were here a while back, but no one recently, especially the one that came from Switzerland. So immediately they're like okay so that rules out the veracity of this profile basically um they notice that none of his friends are tagged on any of the pictures that he's posted either which is suspicious so that's when they decide to run the images through a google image search which to me is always like crazy that the people who are like the hopefuls the people getting catfish have not done this yet no and especially in the later seasons i'm like okay yeah. This show is out. You know how to like how to get found out. Like, why are you using these like obviously really, especially the ones like I know there's episodes where they start doing a reverse image search and they find literally like hundreds of profiles that are using the same fake picture. Yes, yes. Come on, just be a little less lazy. Um, so it comes up after they run the images through. It comes up with the Facebook profile of this person named Chris last name blurred out because he did not consent to be on this show uh he lives in geneva he actually lives in geneva switzerland and his profile has like 500 friends all of the pictures are tagged so this is definitely the real profile that alex quote unquote alex has cribbed all of this stuff from so now neve is really sad because he like wanted this to be true uh and they have to figure out they have to shift their search to figure out who alex actually is so it's the next morning back at their hotel and they're diving back into it. They decide to run the phone number that Kaya gave them for Alex through a search and see what pulls up. And so they find this dramatic ass blog, which I wonder what kind of blog it is. I think it must be like a Tumblr or something. Something like that. Or maybe was live journal still around? I'm wondering because of the layout, it looked like a live journal or a Zanga almost, but the way that you could like reblog things, like it had those posts from other blogs that made me think that it was maybe just like a Tumblr. Oh, maybe. And that's just how they had the layout. Because Tumblr, you could really customize your layout. Yeah. 
Uh, so it pulls up a blog for some person named Danny, and it has the user tag of Beneath Skylines, which Alex on Vampire Freaks, um, his username was Burning Skylines, so it's pretty similar there. Um, and so basically the, the phone number had linked to this like really sad, depressing entry about how I feel like I'm a waste of space and like there's like no light for me and like if you want to say goodbye, like leave a message here and it had the phone number. So that's like really sad. Um, and they look up the name, the Danny person's name on Facebook. It pulls up with a Facebook profile. It says that he goes to the art institutes, which is also where Alex had said he was going to school. So that's another connection there. And so then they start looking into Danny's profile, which I guess his profile was very open because they were able to scroll back to all of these old Facebook profile pictures. And this is where things start to get problematic. So. Yeah. Oh boy. This was so hard to like listen to as a person in 2020 who tries to be very cognizant of like how we speak about trans people and how we like use pronouns and like not dead naming people and not like referencing old like pictures and stuff. So they scroll back into like Danny's pictures and they find pictures from him from when his profile, I guess, had pro publicly presented as a female and all of these old pictures. And so they're like, oh, it's this girl, Danny. Like, they immediately are just like, it's a girl. Like, it's really obnoxious the way that they say this. Right. Um, um, go ahead. I remember there was a line, and I wish I would, I'm sure you probably noticed it too, and you probably wrote it down. Mm -hmm. The line where they're discussing it, and it was just like, it frustrated me because I was like, okay, like, I know this is many years ago, and things have changed a lot just in the last five years, but also y'all are doing a show on MTV. Like, you mm -hmm. really don't understand like what it, a trans person is like it, it was just such a simplistic it was like max and eve being like that is a girl but now they are a boy and like yeah but they're like but she like, as soon as they saw a picture of danny with long hair and in a lot of those pictures he's still like he looks pretty butch to me you know yeah. like he does not look like femme in any way but as soon as they see with long hair they're like immediately shift into she her like yes instantly so they see these pictures and so they're like oh the guy that kai has actually been talking to is a girl and so max says something like well the big shocker here is that it's a girl yes and so not it this is where neve also even realizes it's like but wait it says he him like look oh subscribe to like hit danny's feed to get his updates and so he's like well it's a woman but she identifies as a man. I'm like, well, it's a man, and he uses he, him pronouns because it says that right there. Yeah, yeah, that was that was painful to watch, frustrating. I, I was really shocked that they were that ignorant, of, like, that they would be, and, I, and that's part of me. I was like, are they just, like, playing this up for the episode? Like, maybe, like, some idiot producer was like, well, this would be a way we can educate, you know, the viewers about trans issues is make it look like, you know, Neve and Max are learning about this for the first time. But also like they did seem so confused by how they learned that information. And, yeah, that, all like, of the terminology, like, like they just got it all so incorrect. And you could have had someone behind the scenes being like, okay guys, this is a trans man is this, a trans woman is that. Yes. Like, so yeah, they're looking through, so they continue to look through Danny's blog, um, and then they see this one part that's like been reblogged, and it's uh, basically a post from this other blog that says, you know you're trans when. So they're yeah. like, oh, so this Danny person must be trans. Um, like, yeah, duh. Like, <laughs> come on And now. so then, now I, I want to know what you thought about this. They're like, well, we need to tell Kaya. 
because like it's she just she deserves to know which I'm like hmm in well that was clearly I think what Danny wanted to tell Kaya well yeah it. obviously Danny this obviously it worked out in this situation but it's like do we is it someone's place to t- out another trans person when the trans person is making is trying to not make that known to someone that's a, that's exactly what I think it's like wrong like I, I don't think it was right and again like I don't expect them to have that level of knowledge about mm-hmm. it but also I think this is like MTV like yeah MTV should have had a producer like the second that they realized this was a thing they needed to like meet with Eva Max and be like you know the real talk probably the reason why you know Danny has not been honest about who he is is because this is like a really complicated and I mean like Danny admitted like I just started testosterone you know testosterone very recently Mm -hmm. like later on and so you're like this is very new to him and you know he maybe the reason he hasn't come clean is because he really didn't have language on his own to put behind it and so he didn't want to come clean to Kaya and confuse her um you know when he was so you know conflicted and tormented on his own you know like it totally made sense to me it sense to me why things kind of played out the way they did yeah it sucks that that got kind of robbed from him, but also now knowing that he maybe reached out to the show on his own. Yeah, depending like, on how this actually came, like worked out, like it could. But yeah, it just like it did sit well. It didn't sit well with me because it's like in this case, I think it's fine. Like it worked out okay. Yeah. Not to say that it's fine. I think it worked out okay. But in so many other cases, like it can be really dangerous to go to someone and be like, "This person that you were talking to." is not who you think they are, but more importantly, they are trans, <laughs> like, right. it's one thing to be, like, Alex is not Alex, he's a man named Danny, and, like, we'll let, you, we'll introduce you guys to each other, and, like, see how you think, but, like, how, how you want to proceed, but it's, like, yeah, it's very different to be, like, Danny is a trans man, and you're putting him on blast on a national television show, and putting, potentially, his life at risk. Yeah, well, and also how frequently are Neva Max like going that deep into a catfish's like history and old pictures and like divulging things from that person's history to the you know person that is being catfished? Like, I don't think that's actually a very common practice. Like, it seems like it was they did that deep dive. Like, that was something from Danny's past that Danny had the right to disclose disclose on their own, just like anything from any of our pasts. Like. It would be yeah. like the Max, like going into my pictures and being like, you know, oh, when she was in this relationship, like it, it was only something that they felt the need to share because it was an issue about gender. And if it was anything else from this person's past, I don't think they would have divulged that to her and they would have just let that be something that comes out naturally in the progress mm. of having mm. a relationship that's, with that's good too. That's valid. Um, I'm also remembering another episode from this season. I don't know if you watched this, but it was in the first season. It was this guy who had been, it was a really complicated situation, honestly, but it was really confusing. And the woman that he had been talking to, he had been lying to her and said that his name was like KJ when his name was actually Rod and had been using, I think like his cousin's pictures, but they, I mean, it was his cousin. So they still kind of looked similar. Mm -hmm. Um, And he thought that he was talking to a woman who is a trans woman. So that's fine. Like that's still a woman. And like, there are certain men who are specifically like attracted to trans women and whether or not that's like, you know, fetishizing, that's like a whole nother conversation. But even Max came in and they were like asking him like, you know, about his like sexuality and his background, his orientation. And I think he like indicated like 
well, I'm kind of interested in guys as well. So like Rod might actually have been like bisexual or pansexual and just kind of like not really sure how to explore his own sexuality. Um, but even Max, like they really leaned into this like, well, you thought that this was a trans woman for a really long time. And you've even admitted like that you have like attractions to men. So I think you're actually gay. And yeah. it really felt like they were like, basing that on the fact that he was attracted to a what he thought was a trans woman who would turn it out turned out to be a cis woman with like an 11 year old child which yeah. was like very confusing too why she was like why she had even said that she was trans in the first place and she thought he was a gay man and she thought that and it was just like wasn't a she a lesbian too like wasn't this I think a, so yeah she was like a lesbian exclusively like women relationships with other women for like the last like 10 years or something like that mm -hmm. yeah but that was a a wild study and just the fucking gender gender and sexuality and attractions but yeah I remember being really pissed off at how hard they were needling, needling in on the gay thing like it was almost like they needed him to admit he was gay for them to be able to understand his attraction why he would be like willing to like be attracted to a trans woman or like, yeah, yeah. And it's just like but also like it was very transphobic, very biphobic. It was, yeah. So even Max, especially in this first season, really do not know how to talk about or handle trans issues. And it would have been great if they had, like, yeah, a cultural sensitivity kind of, like, liaison, have a conversation with them from, like, yeah. the local LGBTQ center or something. Something. All right. So after they discover Danny's true identity... They go to Mikaya at a cafe, and so first they explain, Alex is not who he says he is. We did this reverse image search. We found this real profile for this guy named Chris. The person that you know as Alex is definitely actually this person, Chris, who you probably definitely don't know. You've not been talking to this person. So then they explain how they found Danny with, like, searching Alex's phone number, and so then they say, <laughs> this is where they say, like, well, the person that you've been talking to is, quote, this girl, Danny. And so Kaya's like, well, I wasn't expecting him to be a girl. And she's like, I'm a little bit pissed that he just like didn't come clean when I originally asked if he was hiding anything. Also, they throw around they, like they, they use they, them here, both Kaya and me kind of use they. And I'm like, hmm, interesting how we're using uh, this pronoun, which would be a lot, that, that's closer to correct than she. So yeah. I'll give you that. Well, and I wondered if that was maybe prompted by Kaya, too, because I think Kaya instantly knew about, like, instantly knew, okay, like, well, if you're telling me that they're a woman, there's something to this. Yes. Like, there would be oh, no yeah. reason for a, a woman to, and also, like, I've been talking with this person, and they have a masculine voice, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, like, they're they're very adamant, so I'm sure they were using they, because they instantly were like, well, you're She's saying like, you're this a is, woman, yeah. but I don't think that's true, like, yeah. I don't, I think you're wrong, so um, then this is, the next thing that Neve says is Danny is questioning her sexuality and reposts from a blog for, quote, transgendered women is what he says. I missed that. Oh, no. Oh, it's so bad. So, folks, in case you don't know, which if you're listening to my podcast, I feel like you probably do know, it's don't put ED on the end of transgender. It's not transgendered. It's just transgender because trans is the adjective like transgender and then cisgender if you're not trans and then transgender women is not danny at all he does not fall into that category whatsoever <laughs> it, it that's bad 
Oh, yeah. Goodness. So it was just like hard to listen to. And I, I mean, like, I do have to, in 2012, I didn't know this much. And I was probably still a little bit confused about like, what is a trans man versus a trans woman? I didn't really understand like, you know, that kind of thing. But like, in 2020, it's just so hard to listen to. Yes, I agree. Um, so then Neve asks Kaya how she feels about all of this, and she says, well, like, I've honestly never had a preference between boys or girls, but this in general, like, is just a lot to take in, so I don't know what to think. So I think Kaya has the appropriate response here, because she's like, Danny being trans has nothing to do with this situation and how fucked up it is. Yeah. God bless Kaya's reaction to all of this. It was the perfect reaction because that's appropriate. Like, that's where I, I did have problems with it. It's like, you know, Danny has lied to you. Mm-hmm. And that would be where my frustration and my outrage would be is like, I'm not mad at the trans thing. Like, you can tell me that on your own time. But I do need to know, like, you know, don't lie to me and tell me you have an internship that you don't have. Like, mm-hmm. that that would be my main issue. Mm-hmm. So then she goes on to say, like, well, you know, I understand, like, if he is trans, like, that would make sense why he would use these other pictures of this man, and why, to me, like, when we talk, he sounds like a man, so um, Nevis kind of asks, like, well, what do you want to do next, and she says that she still wants to meet this person that she's been in a relationship with for the past eight months. So Neve goes outside, Max asks her, you know, how are you feeling, Kaya's nervous, and Neve is outside, he calls Alex, and this is, I guess, where Alex had been kind of like, well, Danny had been waiting to receive a phone call, um, and he, Neve basically explains, you know, hey, I'm with Kaya, like, she's been, I've been hanging out with her, she's really awesome, she wants to meet you in person, can we make this happen, and Alex says, you know, if you can bring her out here, I'm down to meet up. So they head out to California, the three of them, and this is also the first time, Kaya says, it's the first time she's ever been on a plane. So that's kind of sweet. I love that. Yeah. And it, I just loved, in general, I think she was really down for the whole adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love that on Catfish, how it does seem like Neve and Max and whoever, the person who's on that episode, they seem to, like, enjoy the, the travel together, the adventure together. Like, it's an experience. Yeah. Like, they... As obnoxious as Neve and Max can be to, like, the viewers sometimes, it does seem like they're, like, chill to the people that they're hanging out with. I think so. So we see them getting ready at the hotel the next morning, and Kaya is straightening her hair with that flat iron. Very, she, God bless her, maybe it's, I think it might just be being from Missouri, but even though this is, was probably filmed in, like, early 2012 or late 2010 or 2011, she has a very 2009 look about her. Yeah, it's with like true. the hair, the flat iron, and like the 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 pink streak in her hair. The steam coming off the hair as she flat irons it. God, yes. Yeah. Um. So they are headed out. Neve is asking her how she's feeling, and she says she's really excited, but she's kind of like nervously fidgeting with her hands in the car, and kind of the same way that she was doing in the restaurant, like previously. So. She's nervous, and they pull up to the address that Alex has given them. So Alex, until they meet Danny, I guess. Um, and this is, like, really weird. I guess Alex had said to come around back, so they have to, like, walk in this person's gate. That would make me yeah. so uncomfortable. Well, they also, 
just do that on catfish. Like for some reason on the show, they're frequently not just going to the front door. <laughs> and I'm like, what are y'all trying to get shot? Like, what are y'all doing? Like, I'm so confused by the way they operate on this show sometimes. So also this is so awkward. So like, I guess Danny had given them instructions to go to the back. So they knock on the back door. They wait a second. There's no answer. So they're like, well, there was another door around the side. Let's go knock on that. So then they go to the side door but before they can knock, they hear someone coming out the back door. So then they like come back around and then that's when they see Danny. Danny from the pictures, from the Facebook comes out and he says, hi, he introduces himself as Danny to Neve. And then he hugs Kaya and they hug for so long and it's so sweet. I started crying. I'm not going to lie. Like it's one of the sweetest, I think, moments I've seen on Catfish in a I know, while. I know. It is really sweet. So and then she's like, she's also, I love Kaya too, because she just immediately, she's like, so why didn't you tell me the truth when I asked you? She, as she cuts right through the bullshit, she's like, all right, now we're going to get started and figure out like if I actually want to hug you again. Yeah. Um, and so he just goes on to say that he was nervous and he really didn't want to lose her and he wanted to tell her the truth in person. But of course, like, it's going to be really hard to arrange an in-person meeting when you know you've been lying to someone like this big thing for months and months and months. Yeah. So she just says, well, you know, I already told you that I'm not going anywhere no matter what. And she's like, down. It's just so sweet. And they go around back to talk more, but they're holding hands. I loved that the connection was so instant. And also that, like, you, that's why I was so frustrated with Danny. Because I was like, you know, like, this this person, like, truly knew you were catfishing them like mm -hmm. they knew like they knew that you were using fake pictures and they just didn't know why and that's the only thing that like made me sad and frustrated is I think because the foundation of the relationship was like I think a lot of lying and deception mm -hmm. that while I think that they seem to be like so good on the initial I do wonder like how that played out in the weeks following and like yeah. the conversations they had when now they're really trying to get to know each other yeah so then um, Kaya kind of asks, like, so you're transgender? And he's like, yep, I am. And so she's like, well, how long have you known all of this? And he says, you know, basically ever since I was six, I knew that there was something different about me. Um, and then he goes on to say that when he turned 18, he cut his hair and he started wearing the clothes that he wanted. And he wrote a letter to his parents when he was 20. And now they're just starting to kind of accept him and accept it more. And then... Now, I don't know if this is like prompted by an off-screen producer or if he did just feel like compelled to offer up this information, but it makes me kind of sad. So he goes on to say like, I have started hormone replacement therapy. He had his first testosterone shot last week. Um, and he's like, you know, so I'm a week and two days on T basically. Neva is asking him like, well, how long, how long will you have to do that for? And he's like, well, for the rest of my life, <laughs> like less amounts over time, but yeah, like for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then Neve is like, wow, so that's a big decision. You've really committed to this. And I was just like, I don't know, Neve, does a diabetic commit to taking their insulin every day? Right, yeah. Like, I don't want, and this is like, it's not the same thing, obviously. It's not like life-threatening in a immediate medical sense. Like, it can definitely, I'm sure, exacerbate depression and anxiety if you do have, like, gender dysphoria. So I don't want to discount that, but I also don't want to, like, discount the importance of, like, insulin to a person but it's just like again to me comes off as very much brushing off like transgender issues as a thing that's like not that important and not that serious and it's like oh so you're just really committing to this decision to like 
mess yeah. with your body in this serious way. Hmm. Treating it like it's a choice. Like it's yeah. just something you're, you know, you woke up one day and you're like, well, guess I'm going to just take a bunch of testosterone and get some surgeries and, you know, become a, you know, someone who has to deal with all the ignorant assholes in society for yeah. the rest of my life. Yeah. And it's like, I also am of the opinion that trans people don't have to do anything to their bodies if they don't want yeah. to, or if they can't afford right. to, there should be no, like, we should not put any kind of extra external pressure on people. Like they should only be able to like be doing that because it's a place of internal wanting to. But right. yeah, it's just like, rub me the wrong way that he's like, oh, this is a big decision. So uh, you've really committed to this. It's like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's fucking committed to, to doing the things that will like change his life for the better needs. Yes. Right. And then, so like the hormone replacement therapy, like that's, I guess, kind of fine. But what makes me really sad is like, he offers this up with no like promptings, presumably is when he just goes on to say, and surgery wise, I'm going to have like the full mastectomy, like the top surgery, but I don't know about anything else yet. And it's just like, you don't need to tell us about your genitals unless you really do want to spread that information. But I feel like in 20, like whenever in 2011, 2012, whenever this was, He's only saying that because there was an expectation that the next thing people are going to like say is going to ask about your genitals. Yeah, that, that I got that feeling too. Like I, I worried that he was sharing so much so quickly and like with the public because he felt like he had to mm -hmm. instead of like because these were things he truly wanted to share. And I can just hope that he was like, well, you know, if I'm going to like do this big thing and come out and like, you know, do the scariest thing in my life, which is come out to this person that I love, then like, maybe I'll just like really do it big and maybe try to help people understand, yeah. you know, like if that was life, his so. thought process, then, like more power to him. Absolutely. But I just hope that it wasn't because this was like a very pre like Laverne Cox going on multiple interviews and telling like white women to their face that it's not okay to ask trans people about what's going on, like in their underwear. Right, yeah. Because I feel like until Laverne Cox did that to, like, three different people, like, in the span of, like, six months, people were still, like, doing that on the regular. Right. So he um, says that he's usually really upfront about telling people that he's trans, like, within the first week of, like, getting to know people, but he's lost a lot of people that way, and he just really didn't want to lose Kaya because they had such an incredible bond within such a short amount of time. And so yeah. then Neve kind of just asked Kaya what her feelings are about all of this. And she says that, and this is, her response is so sweet. I'm going to cry. She says, I have no problem with it. You're still a man to me. So that doesn't change anything. You know, I cared about your personality, not your looks. But, you know, I like redheads. So that's actually a plus. I know. It's, it's the perfect response because it's like affirming, like, I would love this person no matter who they are, but also I think you're cute. Like, so yeah. it's not just that I love you no matter what, it's like also a little boost to your self-esteem, like mm -hmm. I think you're sexy, um, which, you know, I think they both, they, you know, obviously were things they were very afraid of because mm -hmm. they both were presenting as a different person, so. So they nice. sit next to each other and like lean their head on each other's shoulders and talk about how like right it feels to be there next to one another, and it's just the cutest fucking thing. Really um, precious. And Danny says, like, there are no amount of words that can, like, sum up my love for Kaya. You would have to, like, be in my being to know my feelings for her. I'm, like, gonna cry talking about it. It's just so sweet. Nice. And they go on a little date, like, walking around town. And then in my notes, I'm like, remember going out? I know. Remember how nice that was when you could just, like, sit on a street corner and it wasn't weird? Make out with this person that you haven't been quarantining with. Exactly. So yeah, they make out, like they look really happy. And Danny says he feels like he's 16 again. 
Except I bet he's like, he feels better than when he was 16, because I'm sure he wasn't having a good time being 16 and presenting as like a butch lesbian and fucking wherever the fuck he was living. Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, So the next morning in the hotel, and you kind of asked like Kaya how everything went and like what's the status of everything. And she's like, well, we're still boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, So they say they have about 10 hours left in LA and what are they going to do for the day? Kaya says she wants to go to the beach but she has also got to call her mom and explain everything. So this is another moment when Kaya has like a perfect response to Neve and Max's ignorance. And so she says like, well, I need to like call and tell my mom and explain like Alex is actually Danny. Cause if I just start talking about how I'm dating this person, Danny, she'll be super confused. And Max says, well, does your mom know at all that you've had relationships with girls before? And she's like, well, no, but Danny doesn't really count as a girl. So like that doesn't matter. That's like a whole nother issue. And I'm sure again, their minds were just blown. Yeah. So she calls her mom and this is where she says, I got to meet him the day before and it was amazing, but there are a few things I need to tell you. Uh, I'm, I didn't tell you the truth about like having Skyped him before I came out here. We haven't seen each other. He's actually Alec, or Alex is actually Danny. He's still the same age. His home life is all the same, but the pictures and the names were different. And then she also goes on to say, Danny is trans. She, uh, he's still legally a girl, but he identifies as a boy. That's fine. And so her mom asks, are you okay with all of this? Kaya says, yep, I'm perfectly okay with it. I fell in love with Danny for who he was, not what he looked like. And then her mom says it again. She says, I'll tell you the same thing I told you all along. As long as they treat you with dignity and respect that you deserve, that's all I care about. Such a good mom. Good mama. Yeah, that's so sweet. I think, you know, I think her reaction maybe would have been a little bit more panicked if she had not been there with, like, Neve and Max, though, Mm because... I do think how I would feel as a parent, like my, my, my daughter, like calling me and being like, by the way, I met this person. They're not really who they said they were. I lied. I didn't Skype them. I would be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, what? But you know, you know that they're with two adults and they like a, a giant film crew. So yeah. you know, they're probably okay. Yeah. Um, so then they go to Laguna Beach. I notice it says they're in Laguna Beach specifically. Oh, and then Kaya and Danny, like, hang out at the beach. They wade in the water. They very boldly just get the bottom of their jeans soaking wet. That bothered me as well. That was very, very hard to see. Uh, and they talk about how amazing it is to finally be with each other. And even Danny kind of talk a little bit more about Danny's experience growing up as a transgender guy. Um, he talks about how he was bullied growing up and how, like, before he was trans, he identified as lesbian. But then he realized, like, that isn't it. And he did more research and figured out trans um and then he also like talks about like this is really sweet too how good it just feels to have Kaya there like just so easily using the pronoun like he and talking about how he's her boyfriend and how like that makes him feel like just so happy just like I I hope Neve listens back (laughs) right like I was like this is a good learning experience for Neve that this is like it's you need to get the fuck over it really quick because Mm -hmm. this is like a really vital thing for like a trans person's mental health and their happiness and like it's just such a small thing but using the right pronouns literally can make the world of difference mm-hmm. um and so then he starts to tear up because he doesn't want her to go home and then kai is also really sad here because she knows how much she's gonna miss him and they take some photos together on the beach and they hug and sad mtv pop rock plays in the background you know how it goes the sad yeah. mtv music 
And so then that's where it ends, and we get our little six weeks later epilogue. Uh, so Neve and Max Skype with Kaya, and she says that she and Danny are still crazy about each other. They're still Skyping and texting every day. Um, there's some text updates that come up on the screen. It basically just says that Danny is still continuing with his hormone replacement therapy. He's saving up for his gender confirmation surgery. Uh, and then they do a little three-way Skype where Danny joins in. He says he just got his seventh HRT shot. Um, and in a week, he's flying out to hang out with Kaya and her family. And they're already talking about moving in together. Love it. Yeah. So, yeah. He, Danny says that coming clean really did help their relationship because he doesn't think that their relationship actually truly started until they met each other. So that's it. It ends on such a happy note. I love that. And, you know, that makes sense, too. And um, that's why I'm really... I do like the premise of this show because I think there are a lot of online relationships that you think you've got something until you really can meet each other and like mm-hmm. get to know who the other person is in real life and you know get to see how you interact with each other so mm-hmm. nice. So we'll do a where are they now so I did look up Kaya and Danny um, unfortunately they did not last too too long together but that's what happens in life so it was less than a year after their episode aired Danny tweeted that he and Kaya were no longer together. Um, according to this article I found, it was from In Touch in 2018. Kaya, it said Kaya was engaged to someone else. I found her on Facebook and Instagram, but her Instagram is like very basic and it's not, doesn't give me a lot of information. Um, says she's a hairstylist. Looks like she's still living in Mexico, Missouri. Uh, there was a baby. So it looks like maybe she had a baby last year. So I don't know what's going on with that. Sorry. <laughs> of course, we like ba- make it to the very end, and that's when Moose starts acting up. <laughs> yeah, I know. And he's laying on the couch and being lazy about it, too. So it's oh not even God. worth it. It's not even so worth it. So fucking rude. Um, I found Danny's Twitter, but it's private uh, based on some other stuff I found from his name online by Googling. It looks like he maybe does like video production and like other stuff for musical artists and bands out in LA, but he's not oh. too public on, on the internet. Um, I did a little dive into Neve and Max as well. Uh, so Neve wrote a book called In Real Life, Love, Lies, and Identity in the Digital Age, which came out in 2014. Um, like we mentioned, in 2018, he was suspended from the show briefly due to accusations of sexual misconduct. However, that was deemed as not credible, so the suspension was lifted. He and Max both appeared in the film Nobody's Fool in 2018, which I think was like a Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry movie or something like that. Interesting. Um, And then he got engaged to uh, Laura Perlongo in May of 2016. She gave birth to a daughter in October of 2016. And then in 2017, they got married. And then in 2019, uh, she gave birth to their second child, a son. Um, But most interestingly, he got catfished again. What? Neve got catfished for a second time. Wait, how? It began with some flirting on Twitter and then turned into a business consultant relationship with that same girl who had a sizable Twitter following. However, after the flirtation ended, the girl began using Neve's Twitter account without his permission, posing as him in order to falsely vouch for her with business dealings and falsify job opportunities. To this day, Neve still doesn't know who she really was. That's crazy. Neve, what kind of gullible asshole are you, dude? Um, And then Max, uh, he left the show in 2018. He has directed several films, including two documentaries since leaving Catfish. I don't know what these, how like serious these documentaries are, because the one that came out in 2017 is called Dicks, 
do you need one to be a successful leader? Oh, no. And then the other documentary it came out in 2019 is called Bookstores. All right. Well, we might have to check out Dick's. I'm very curious if I need one. <laughs> to be a successful leader, question mark? I, I don't know. I'll have to check the documentary to find out. All right. So that leads us to our very last question of the episode, which is, does this show hold up? Which is kind of weird because it's still airing, but yeah. does it hold up? Is it worth a rewatch? What do you think? Worth a rewatch, um, but I, I do think it does kind of shock you sometimes with the lack mm-hmm. of wokeness around issues that you would expect them to be very aware of um, just by virtue. I mean, not that I have all of this like esteem and expectations for MTV and their journalistic integrity. Cause I mean, again, it's MTV, mm-hmm. but also like MTV, like, you know, real world was having, you know, like, you know, gay people that had HIV positive status, like, you know, on their show in the early nineties, like yeah. MTV's always like really been trying to push the barrier when it comes to like educating the public about like gender and sexual identity and sexual, um, all those issues. And so I was just like kind of shocked that they would have these two guys that truly would be this ignorant about yeah. something like, you know, what is a trans person? Because literally like we were watching on screen, me and Max learn that like a person can be trans like that was what blew my mind it's like this is the first trans person you really met like this is wild so you're both involved in like you know artistic pursuits like you know like pursuits that tend to be a safe haven for people that aren't you know cisgendered or straight like yeah wrong with (laughs) y'all where did y'all go to school I don't know I I truly didn't understand and part of me worries that they played that ignorant because for somehow like that's like what they think society is so they're they thought it was like an education opportunity to play ignorant, but Maybe. people learn a lot better if you're just straight up with yeah. them instead of pretending like you're just as dumb as they are. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it doesn't, yeah, it's kind of rough watching. I, it's hard to say it doesn't not hold up, but it definitely has some moments that do not work in 2020. Yeah. All right, Kelsey, is there anything that you want to plug? <laughs> anything that you want to talk about right now at the, at the very end of the episode? I, I, I really can't think of anything. I mean, I could do my normal abortion plugs that I always do. If you but, want to, go for I it. I mean, donate to abortion funds. Hell um, yeah. Things are really screwed up right now. Unemployment numbers are high. And if you think people are going to be having a baby when they have no job and there's a global pandemic, yeah, they're, they're not. Um, and they're really still needing support. Um, and also, uh, this all hit during a really um, big fundraising season for abortion funds across the country. Um, they hold this event called Bolathon. And um, a lot of abortion funds, you know, canceled those events, which can hurt the fundraising effort. And some even canceled their fundraisers because they just felt like ethically wrong asking people to like raise money when like right now, like people are like needing to support their neighbors and loved ones to like make sure they have food on their table and like a roof over their head. Um, I don't know what my dog is doing right now. So I'm sorry for (laughs) all of the jingling in the background. Um, so yeah, a support abortion fund, support abortion access. If you live in a state that's been shutting down clinics, contact your elected officials and be like, what the hell are you doing? Like, this is needed services right now. And, um, yeah. All right. Um, and then if you like this podcast on a much less serious note, uh, give it a five-star rating and review on Apple podcasts or Stitcher or the other places, uh, review, subscribe, tell a friend. 
You can follow me on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast, Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod, or my personal Instagram at really underscore Riley, or my TikTok at yes. Riley Said So. That was the other thing we didn't talk about and we'll touch on right now before we log off is the other episode that I considered doing was a season one episode that has a TikTok sound, the how are you doing today, Jasmine? Yes, that would have been such a good tie-in for your TikTok account. Yeah, and that was also a pretty good episode too, but this one was, it was not as wholesome, and that's what we needed right now. Needed some wholesome in our lives. All right, well, thank you for uh, being here once again, Kelsey. This was fun. Happy to. I'm going to go figure out what my dog is doing <laughs> All right. in the background. Perfect. Okay, bye. Bye.